0: Welcome, Welcome to the, to the future, this podcast. podcast, 1999,
1: 1999, 1999.
2: welcome to podcast 1999 the podcast about space 1999 i'm your host
0: darian and this is my other host darian they had names didn't they, they neiman I, was, <laughs> I remembered it because i was my fourth grade I was just, english teacher's
2: name i was just trying to make a really roundabout new heart joke
0: oh wow okay
2: <laughs> you didn't even. The, I mean, I it. just,
0: I just put it together. But I, if anyone else got it, do tell us. I have a feeling <laughs> yes, nobody please. got that.
2: sweet <laughs> us if you're over the age of 38 and watched Newhart at some point.
0: Um, I was about to say anyway. 80, but <laughs> so here we are for Mission of the Darians. That's right. Uh, so I don't know. I guess do we just jump into the trivia? Might as well because there's is- a lot of it oh good okay and that's why you you asked me if i was
2: in panic mode and i absolutely had this done last night because i was terrified of not getting it all done because there's a lot of it okay uh, okay 22nd in production order we have ray austin back to direct and johnny Byrne back on writing duties it's austin's last contribution this year but he'll be back for two in season two Byrne will be back for our season finale and then for three in season two this is Byrne's favorite episode of the series he based this story partly on the book Alive about the 1974 plane crash in the Andes Mountains with cannibalistic results. A story that's recently re entered the zeitgeist thanks to the new film Society of the Snow, which I have not seen, but it's supposed to be pretty rad. Uh, Byrne also originally had the plot more focused on the Darians engineering DNA to make the quote unquote perfect race. Darien rhymes with Aryan. Get
1: it? <laughs> Is that a joke?
2: This episode, that is trivia. It's fact. Darian does rhyme with... <laughs> anyway, this episode has the largest cast of any episode in the entire series. But it's only one of two episodes in season one that didn't feature Anton Phillips as Bob Mathias or Suzanne Roquette as Tanya Alexander. The Infernal Machine being the other episode missing those two. So most people are here. Uh, once again, our main guest star is the wig returning for the last time this couldn't season. Couldn't really see the wig this time, though. Exactly. <laughs> uh, will it be back in season two? Who knows? But outshining the wig this week is Dame Joan Henrietta Collins as Cara. You know her, you love her. You probably know her as Joan Collins. Uh, so born you know in what 19. I thinking about Henrietta there. <laughs> Henrietta. <laughs> Uh, how British Uh, born in 1933 in Paddington, London she cut her teeth at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art and started acting in film at the age of 17. She's racked up a Golden Globe, a People's Choice Award two Soap Opera Digest Awards and a Primetime Emmy nomination not to mention a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. She's one of only two actors to appear in both Star Trek uh, City on the Edge of Forever of course and Space 1999 we'll see the other one of those actors next season. Uh, but also, she's the only actor to appear in both Space 1999 and Mission Impossible, aside from our two leads. Um, aside from that, you can see her in If It's Tuesday, This Must Be Belgium. Can Hieronymus Merkin ever forget Mercy Hump and find true happiness? That's question mark at the end of that. And rally round the flag, boys! With an exclamation point. Uh, oh and you can hear us talk about her on our other podcast films and filth in our uh Viva Rock Vegas episode uh sorry Flintstone's Viva Rock Vegas uh she played Wilma's mother stepping in for Elizabeth Taylor who had just retired uh she still has credits on IMDB as of last year so the Collins Express shows no sign of slowing down Barbara that's Bain not
0: the first time you used that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Barbara Bain objected to Collins' wardrobe for this episode and demanded that Collins' skirt be longer so that she wouldn't appear sexier than Bain. Jerry Anderson refused, so therefore Bain insisted that she wear an even skimpier outfit for the second half of this episode. Apparently, this was just one of the many reasons that the crew had given her the nickname Barbara Payne behind her back.
0: Barbara Payne. Yeah, no, I got that the first time. <laughs> Our guest feel like you're still doing <laughs> See now I'm interrupting you because you're like waiting. No, for I'm response. still doing it. I know. I'm, I'm you leaving. Were, you gave a pause, like, why aren't you talking? <laughs> I'm, I'm talking. I'm now. enjoying
2: this too much and leaving little pauses. Just to giggle to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Our guest ill-fated elf in this week is Bill Lowry, played by Paul Entrim, Born in 1944 in Ireland. He had an extremely busy career in film and TV, considering he died in 1990 at the age of 46. Make me a little nervous. Uh, you can see him in The Dragon's Opponent, March or Die, and the jail, di- the jail Diary of Albie Sachs. I found no information on how he lost that one fingertip.
0: Albie Sachs.
2: <laughs> you will. Uh, Guesting is Neiman, we have Dennis Burgess, born in 1926 in Wales. He worked as a teacher until the age of 47. Uh, at which point he suddenly decided to become a professional actor. His first role is opposite his childhood friend, Richard Burton. Aside from that, you can see him in the inheritors off to Philadelphia in the morning and the elephant man. He passed away in 1980 at the age of 54. And I'm starting to think that Joan Collins may have drained the life force of all the guest stars in this episode. Uh, Robert Russell guest stars as Hayden. That's the leader of the survivors he was born in 1936 in kent england he was a mostly tv actor whom you can see in sudden terror the breaking of bumbo and i didn't know you cared he passed away in 2008 at the age of 71 so i cannot blame collins for that one uh gerald stadden plays the ill-fated mutant only credited as male mute Born in 1943 in kirk burton west yorkshire england his Credits include History of the World Part One, The Dark Crystal, Return of the Jedi, Willow, and Christmas Hamper. Anyway, probably because his resume is so impressive, he is just still as he is still just as alive as Joan Collins is. Uh, the female mute was played by Jackie Horton, and this is our only on-screen credit. So your guess is as good as mine. Uh, since he showed so much initiative this episode, here's a long overdue spotlight on Nick Tate as Alan Carter, born to two actors in 1942 in Rush Cutters Bay, Sydney, Australia. His acting career started in age 14 doing a radio serial. His appearance in most episodes of Space 1999 is front and center on his IMDb page. but you can also see him in The Oblong Box, NBC Special Treat, and Special Squad. Not to mention a spot on uh, Star Trek Next Generation episode Final Mission as Durgo. Star Trek Deep Space Nine episode Honor Among Thieves as Liam Bilby. And as recently as the last few years, he's voiced, voice acted in Psychonauts 2 and 52 episodes of The Strange Chores. So the Tate Mobile shows no signs of slowing down. That's
0: trivia. Have you used that before? I think I have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that means he's been on Star Trek and Space 1999 also. Okay, but not Star Trek. Original, the original series, yes, yeah, so and I, I got your qualifier there. Um, summary. Wait, you did a summary? Let's see, you did, who did. I don't know. Do I do it? I didn't do it. If I do it, Maybe, well, somebody will do it later. Good, okay.
2: I did what I did one, so okay.
0: Oh, it is your turn then, okay. Now I thought I you were saying that myself.
2: you did it. I was gonna be like, oh. no,
0: no, no, okay. okay. Then everything worked throughout, okay,
2: yeah, except that I had to do the summary. Uh, Alpha receives an automated distress single single dingle. alpha receives alpha an automated distress signal dingle, dingle. from the spaceship daria and they go to investigate and after their eagle is sucked into a docking area they split up to go look for survivors Koenig and berman go one way carter and morrow another and russell and bill lowry wait near the ship the latter two find a door and inside they see two frightened mute little people they attempt to calm them and then follow them but are soon abducted Koenig and Bergman are shot by two figures in spacesuits and knocked unconscious. Alan and Paul find the male mute who uh, Helena and Bill were following and convince him to help find them. Meanwhile, John and Victor come to and are greeted greeted by Kara and Neiman, who explain that they are two of only 14 Darians who survived a nuclear explosion 900 years ago, that the distress call they received was an automated response to that event. The Darians want the elephant's help, but Koenig refuses to make a decision before he finds his people, and the Darians agree to help in the search. Meanwhile, Helena, Lowry, and the Mute Woman are taken by several survivors to be judged, and they then execute the Mute Woman for being a quote-unquote mutant, and then they execute Lowry for having one missing fingertip, which apparently makes him also a mutant. Uh, But then they decide that Helena is free of imperfections and is to be offered to the god Neiman. Alan and Paul show up, and Paul pursues Helena's captors, while Alan shows the survivors that the men in spacesuits, who they've been calling spirits, are just men, and this seeds a rebellion. Koenig and Victor find where Helena is captive and learn the truth the Darians are using everyone else as supplies and uh, decide that elephants should actually not help them. Uh, Kara decides to show Koenig their DNA storage to impress him, but soon the survivors show up and their leader Hayden throws Neiman into the DNA, smashing all of it. Kara wonders how the Darians will have a future, and Koenig says the survivors are their future and that
0: the Elfins will help them learn to live together. The end, yeah. So, from like the start of this episode, I, I actually wanted, like, when we see um, Lowry. I thought it just should just have like dead meat printed on his shirt, like he was the most <laughs> obvious. Like this guy's going to die, like ever, like even yeah. for this show.
2: <laughs> if anything happens to someone, and Helen is like, no name of person, there are four
0: regulars and some dude. <laughs> That's like, well, it's like a, it's uh, like it's like uh, Sam Rockwell yelling in Galaxy Quest, right? <laughs> I'm yeah. the guest star. I'm gonna <laughs> die. <laughs> um.
2: So, I uh, this feels like it should be the second episode of the series. I I don't know how you feel about that. This is a kind of interesting one where I, I think that this is the first time I feel like the episode or the production order might should have been broken up a little bit because I feel like we're just feasting a little too much lately. Oh,
0: and, you're just, uh, well, they did take some later episodes and put them closer up front.
2: Yeah. So. And I and I looked at the uh, airing order, which I usually don't even bother looking at.
0: Where did this one air?
2: Um, this is like ninth, so okay. I'm middle-ish. But I mean, before this, you know, you have Force of Life, War Games, Deaths on the Other Dominion, um, uh, you know, in the Dragon's Domain, which we haven't even done
0: yet, Alpha Child. Well- why, why, why do you want this to be number two? I I don't I don't have that feeling. Just throw that out there, but uh. it feels like a second episode, and I can't necessarily qualify that with
2: it. It feels like when you're watching a series, you always get the the pilot that sort of establishes everything, and it feels like if in the second episode they came across all this stuff, then you would be really excited for where the series was
0: going to go. I mean, I guess I was looking at the um the Late 90s guide, uh, which I've forgotten the author's name, I could look it up on my iPad here, but anyway, uh, they're pointing out that this is one of the few times that the Alphans actually like get properly involved with an alien culture. I guess they did that, uh, in our world a few weeks ago with the one that was not War Games but should have been War Games, uh, um, the Lady Planet and the, the Dude Planet. See, I'm starting to like think um, back on the episodes with the episode times, I think they should have
2: <laughs> Lady Planet and Dude Planet. Uh, the last enemy that's what it was there you goes
0: see that why would i remember that name for that episode It doesn't make any sense
2: that aired way later actually yeah well I'm just talking about that was the last oh that was that's right what am i thinking it was the we learned in the trivia it was the last episode because the network saw it said this is called the last enemy it should be the last episode and then they just put it on
0: the end yeah right so even though the last sunset isn't the last episode well, an enemy sounds more <laughs> hardcore than, I don't know, a sunset's the end of everything, maybe. So, yeah. That seems like that would have been a good finale, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That right? would have been a good. Yes. I think we discussed that at the time that that would be a good finale. Because, mm-hmm. um, you
2: know, you see them snatch whatever you want to call it, snatch no, no, no. defeat from the jaws of victory or
0: whatever the hell happened. I'm thinking of Trek second episodes. Um, of course, the original series, it really doesn't matter because it's a 60s show. And. Next gen is the the naked now, which is a really yeah. Uh, episode. Um, yeah, no, Voyager good. has the, the coffee nebula one. I think second, where you don't need any aliens; they're just stuck in a nebula the whole time.
2: Sure, but I mean that's a good Voyager episode. Oh no,
0: that's that one's good. But I'm just like that one's right; that they go straight for bottle episode for the second one, where this is like the opposite of a bottle episode. This is like an yeah. epic episode. <laughs>
2: well, yes, and and at the same well, time, and, it follows and the early pattern 70s- of every other. Yeah, every other
0: episode of this in in a later Apes sequel, uh, epic sort of way. In a Battle of the Apes is epic sort of way, Mm. where you they only blew up one treehouse from, but they filmed it from several different angles. They just keep showing you the same treehouse blowing up because they didn't have any money. Yeah, yeah, but but this is it's
2: funny that just so
0: close to the end of
2: the first season, I'm like, yeah, this the good stuff at the end really. Should, they did make the right call to spread that out a little bit because just I feel just kind of spoiled and kind of I, I know it's not I know that the rest of the season hasn't been the level of quality that we've gotten the last two or three weeks.
0: So it's hard not to think about it. Right. Although this press is my sci fi dystopi seventies sci fi dystopian, but it's pretty hard. You definitely have like some uh Logan's run vibes. I mean, this is before Logan's mm-hmm. run, right? Or um pretty or... close? Like a year before. So yeah. I think I think Logan's run in 76, and this aired early. 76, 76? Yeah. I think so. Um
2: yeah, this would be 76 sometime, but obviously they didn't film this in 76. You know, disco um,
0: garbage for the <laughs> Darians, that sort of stuff.
2: Yeah, no, I I love, I mean, I love it. It's not the story is a little incoherent, but and I don't know. The the motivations are confusing, but it's great, and I love every set
0: and every thing. And, um, I mean, you, you mentioned there was a new show that was along these lines, but I mean, I'm, I was thinking like Snowpiercer for half the time. I've, this being much bigger yeah. than Snowpiercer, but the same general yeah. concept where the people in the back are being grist and used for food and to fuel the engines and stuff. They're being used as the resources, and then the people up front are kind of partying.
2: Yeah, it's a it's the story has really good bones. It's just, uh, I feel like maybe a little bit. It's it suffers from a little of that like weird dialogue thing that keeps happening on this show, where there's a conversation early on where Koenig asks Kara like, "Why did why did you attack us?" And she's like, "Why? How can we trust you?" And then she tells him that they read their mind and know everything about them. Right after that, so it's like. If you can read their mind then why are you even worried? You know what I mean? Like uh, I guess they have to knock them unconscious to read their mind?
0: Yeah. Um, oh, oh, there's my note. It says now she knows about Koenig's secret internet porn addiction. Okay. <laughs> she knows, yeah, she knows, knows about that them. time
2: that he got to, a little too excited when he was caught in that spider web? Yeah. Um oh, what was the uh the
0: main the the main The, the leader of the, the scumbums. Uh, do, 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 do did you do
2: they give him a name? His, uh, his name is, uh, Hayden. Okay. I don't think you go.
0: hear the name in the episode, but oh, his name is Hayden. Well, I, I just, my note is, uh, that guy's uh, a very proto Mad Max villain. Didn't catch his name. Wasn't given. I guess <laughs> oh yeah. Have, yeah. Mad Max watched... vibes all over, but it's yes. like, you know, especially once they uh, start putting people in the space microwave,
2: but you know, like the, I heard it recently framed, it might have been a guest in this podcast who said it, but that Mad Max was just super heavily inspired by just biker culture. So everything that reminds me of Mad Max that came out before Mad Max, I'm like, oh, they're just, it's like they watched Easy Rider and did this. You know what I mean? It's biker stuff, which is a great idea.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just like, you know, like Star Wars, like, well, let's take some samurai stuff mixed with Flash Gordon, blah, blah, blah.
2: Yeah. Samurai bikers. That's Star Wars pretty much.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know if there's so much bikers in Star Wars. Samurai bikers we are. <laughs> <laughs> that could work. But um, of course, actually, he's a good villain in that he isn't just, I mean, he chews some scenery, but he's he's not like doing like Baylor, Jarek levels of scenery chewing. He's just like a proper, you know, kind of bad guy that gets turned around. I guess that's the point of the thing. He gets turned around and goes and revolting. The citizens well, are revolting.
2: I hate to I hate to pick at a show for obvious obviously they didn't have enough budget to really do everything that they wanted to do but this is just like Death's Other Dominion where just having like I don't know three or four guest stars you were able to flesh out the characters by having them have disputes with each other where most episodes of this show it's like one guy so If one guy shows up, then then you make him evil or maybe make him good. You can't make him. I guess you give him a bunch of personalities and he argues with himself. But, you know, we haven't done that yet, have we? This is a good plot, partly because there are enough guest stars that you can make a couple of factions that have disagreements with each other. So that's really all you need sometimes is just more than one guest star. Well, there's like, um,
0: budgets to consider I guess I, it, well, yeah. The, just... there's
2: budgets and there's like what they use the budgets for usually is cool explosions which I cannot really get mad about however <laughs> you know sometimes well it, but also sometimes you could maybe get three generic dudes for the price of one Shakespeare guy but I, I don't know I don't know how that actually works they might yeah, have they been working pay, for scale anyway
0: Joan Collins, a little bit of money, I think. I mean, I hope they did, but. Some money had to go into that uh, Darien ship, you know, sort of like our. That's kind of Spaceball City, you know?
2: But also, I mean, if I'd run down all of the cast here, a, a lot of them were uncredited on IMDb and didn't have little pictures next to them, which means, says to me that they were probably just extras who were promoted to main cast members because money right <laughs> like this is their only acting job for a lot of these people most likely yeah
0: yeah I mean I guess when there's like such a little fandom built around something people start picking that out because like a Star Trek uh-huh. adventure again you could you could be like a minor guest spot in like one episode from 1994 and there'll still be a few people very excited to see you
2: yeah and I mean I've not you know that's obviously not been my job and we're not trying to compete with anybody we know, and we're not trying to make a Star Trek podcast. But man, I've never really dissected heavily dissected a whole lot of uh, Star Trek episodes. No uh, listen I mean, to Mission Log if you want someone to do that.
0: Right, but, but, but it's even hard they to d- even Space they aren't going to about bringing up Trek.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I'm gonna, but what I'm going to say is that even they are not going to spend their time going over every single extra. And I'm sure that at some point you go down that road and you find extras who are extras who were in this one episode of star trek and never
0: acted again yeah which they is speak, fine that's gonna you know I, th- I think having a speaking role is maybe one of the, the things that if you if, if you speak somebody remembers you you know
2: yeah but also i think star trek perhaps wisely i'm feeling like at this point would put more money into extra actors than in cool super cool super awesome effects
0: well, especially, I mean, now, I mean, I mean, of course, digital effects cost money, but probably less than building giant models and stuff.
2: Less than this stuff, the stuff Space 1999 is doing. It's like, and, and I don't, you know, I'm not going to complain about it, but.
0: It's just kind of weird because um, this is like the most premium looking show for 70s TV, but now now television has fully inhabited the world of movies, basically. So what you'd expect to see mm-hmm. in a movie we now expect to see in a TV show. And that definitely, this is like in the space in between, you know? And still, if you watch a lot of prestige TV, you
2: will sometimes notice when they're cutting corners. Yeah. I mean, but that's it, just because watching TV is an exercise in repetition. And then you eventually like we're doing here, you eventually start to pick things apart. Like, Hmm. Sure. Sure. Has been a lot of, uh, sinister aliens wanting to inhabit people's bodies.
0: anyway but but even like a few years later like big mini series like you know roots or north and south things like that like they look like tv shows when you watch them now they don't look like a film from the 70s well yeah and even what i would call distinguished anymore what's like i don't know if something's a film or just something that you know netflix crapped out now like this has come
2: up on your other podcast a bunch but i specifically remember the uh to me the 80s twilight zone series looked like a movie to me <laughs> there's certain it things doesn't. from around that era i know it doesn't i've sort of peeked at it um specific things star trek the next generation uh the untouchables tv series the war of the worlds tv series alien nation tv series all those felt at the time like more movie like
0: and but compared to not. movies they were still yeah kind of behind the i mean who knows maybe like maybe there's still something to compare but i just find this series interesting is basic i mean it's the first time someone did science fiction and put some real money behind it it seems because well, yeah, money is, in crazy directions
2: this is the only i mean this is really the only time that puppet people were in charge of something like this i mean puppet aside people. from ufo you know puppet people it's a thing it's a thing right there there are puppet i think a lot of um creators would be kind of embarrassed to have a ship on a string or something like that and these guys not only do they do it but they do it professionally and they they give it their best and you know maybe there was, and there may be a curve that might have been kind of painful to watch the series in 1987 or something but now it's very
0: easy to appreciate it right well um I guess we should. This, this is an episode that actually does have some nice conundrums to think about. It's well until the end, and they kind of spell everything out, but um, yeah, even when joining the Darien seemed like maybe not the worst idea, I'm still like, well, they're just gonna. There's obviously an insane class struggle that they've already learned about. That seems like reason enough to move on, yeah, and also they're trying to make some kind of pure.
2: They're, they're holding all their pure DNA, but all the DNA is just a bunch of different colors. That, that was What's a very about? cool display. Why? Some of it's red. Yeah, no, I love it. But don't put it in the <laughs> it middle of the room. It looks like a bunch room. of jello. Don't put it in the middle of the room <laughs> the on like a thin plate. <laughs> it should be in a
0: vault or something.
2: No, you don't understand. It's your God. You have to have God in the middle of the room, even if some insane man is going to come smash it. It's, put it's some fiberglass of... around it.
0: I don't know. It's,
2: it's pretty amazing that none of these none of these little like tension like i guess this stuff has been going on for 900 years i was about to say nobody thought about that 900 years yeah it's like why 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 is this still happening (laughs) you know it's um it'd be like if snowpiercer just had one guy who showed up on the train who's like hey this train's bad and then that happens chris (laughs) evans did chris evans ate a baby oh i'm sorry Spoil. beep that out i was a spoiler no <laughs> that's one of my favorite things about that movie is that captain america ate a baby <laughs> i also
0: started thinking about uh yondu they and- wanted to eat you because love-
1: <laughs> that's pretty yeah. much
0: I-, I guess they i guess they ground them into fertilizer so you're not directly eating them but but, but then we but learned that Yondu actually, a had a,
2: <laughs> but Yondu actually had a heart of gold and would never eat a baby, probably. No, of, of course. Maybe he did.
0: Well, I'm just going by the first movie rules, not the second. Well, yeah, and the Christmas special. Oh, geez, I forgot to watch that. I have to watch yeah, that sometime. It's not very good. No, I very don't yet. need to watch that. Okay, it's, it's it's okay. It's whatever. The holiday specials still are not good.
2: <laughs> it's, it's not great. The third movie is much better than the holiday special.
0: It's better than the star wars one is it
2: i don't think i've really watched the star wars one.
0: Oh, you need oh my god you'd have to watch that it's on youtube just you can skip uh, over the 20 minutes of Wookiee screaming at each other if you want <laughs> <laughs> okay well but although although, although if you don't do you know make sure to scrub it properly or, or you'll miss grandpa lumpy going off to watch porn <laughs> that's not a joke <laughs> That is kind well, of what is born in Star
2: Wars called Prin or something like that?
0: Well, it gets like a hologram of uh Donna Summers or something like, like cooing at him. I'm not... gonna go listen to Jizz, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's, oh, that's that's Star that's the Max Wars. Rebo that's, Rebo music, that's canon, yes. No, I have, I have heard that. I had to kind of work it out for a minute though, because we did Space Brain last week. I, I Sorry, think I since
2: that went viral, they suddenly started like, No, it's Juz or something like that i don't, I don't know uh Be a good time to own yaz
0: yeah i mean or y- yazoo right right um what is your favorite sci-fi dystopia by the way there's so many oh dystopias that's a really tough
2: call i mean uh zardoz is pretty fun where yeah. you call that place what was that place called
0: i don't the illuminati land i don't remember yeah, it's not um, called Zardoz. Yeah, Zardoz is the thing. In the I, sky, I right? want to call it
2: Elysium because Elysium was like sort of the worst version of Zardoz. How about or that? Elysium, Elysium was the name of the thing. No, screw it. That's not. It's not good. It's <laughs> not
0: good. I, I see. I, I got a soft spot for any dystopia, so I've actually seen Elysium probably like three times.
2: Wow. I mean, it's it's competent. It's just I don't didn't enjoy it. Oblivion, it's not
0: like that, that was the best. 70s sci-fi movie made in the 2010s i i never watched oblivion i really should
2: um i didn't really care for that guy's tron movie so i just sort of thought i
0: may, maybe didn't like him mm. I, I, I would give it, it, it it's crazy how much it plays like a 70s sci-fi but with like on a much larger budget with you know effects that are spruced up but still somehow feel 70s ish I guess it's lots yeah. of white with a little bit of chrome and black sort of stuff, you know?
2: Yeah, and I also haven't seen his um Top Gun movie. Oh, he also directed Taco Bell Web of Fries. Oh, that sounds they don't do they have fries at Taco Bell. Gatorade, sports fuel. Yes, they do now. Oh, oh I don't so, why would
0: I want fries at oh, Taco Bell? That doesn't make any sense.
2: They're good. Uh he directed the Gears for Mad World commercial back okay. in the day. So that obviously... was like his first
0: job. Oh, it's first. Everything job.
2: Okay. everything except for the Tron movie and Oblivion and Top Gun Maverick that he's done seem to be music
0: videos or commercials. Right. I guess oh. he's going to talk about Top, oh, no, no, he's no, top no. Guns. He's one of Tom Cruise's guys now maybe, I guess.
2: He directed Only the Brave based on a true story of firefighters uh 7.6 I
0: don't Anyway, I'm not Trust calling that as my favorite. Me. I'm calling that more of a as a neglected dystopia. Um, ah. I mean, I guess I guess Logan's Run is basically my favorite.
2: Logan's Run is great because it's like the the more time passes, the more I kind of love it. Because when the budget runs out halfway through, you just get a different movie, and that movie is also good. It's pretty you know I mean? good,
0: but after you've just been to New You and uh been screaming sanctuary it's a little bit of a letdown just to be stuck in the forest
2: yeah but i mean you get cool giant waterfalls
0: and uh zero mostel just, no, you, yeah. you get good stuff i'm not i'm not saying you don't i'm just like yeah uh you want to you want to spend time in the city of the dome so hard right wait that wasn't zero mostel was it no it wasn't i was actually like <laughs> damn it it's, it's somebody of, of that you know it's, <laughs> it's a guy who reminds me of zero mostel yeah i've I, there's, I just have like eight names I can say, and they're probably all wrong. So I, it seems you're looking it up for, us. yeah, of course I am. I guess that's what Neiman was kind Dieter of. Peter like Ustinov. Yeah, Houston, there we go. Okay. Yeah. I, I was, I, I was like, it's not I know that. Um, <laughs> I love, <laughs> I love both of them. I love both Oliver of them. Oliver Reed really, popped through my mind. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, Oliver Reed was uh, the one where I was like, that was the first one. I was like, I can't, I don't think that's right. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, I'm uh, going to rewatch that
2: soon. Uh, That's something where maybe somebody should just take that movie and special edition it and just replace the uh, crappy bottle rockets with real lasers.
0: No, no, that's it. No, why not? You don't do that. No, you don't do that. All right. You leave it it as is. (laughs) Okay. you don't touch Logan's run. Uh, I (laughs) I mean, it's it's one of the movies that you
2: can make the best case for a remake because of the diversion for the oh there's the been
0: such a ridiculous yeah. lineage of remakes of that movie not happening for the past 20 years yeah
2: i followed all of it uh it could have been nicholas winding ref with uh ryan gosling uh, like 15 years ago but um uh, <laughs> yeah no but uh same. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I was gonna say same director as Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, but it was a different Twenty Thousand Leagues Under
0: the Sea. Uh but no, I, I guess I'm thinking about because I'm like the Darien's ship, like really does I think fit in with the pantheon of like weird dystopias. Um mm-hmm. No, this is this is a classic fun dystop. I mean, fun. I guess
2: it might not be fun if this if you find this episode scary or upsetting, which I understand is a tense. Thing it's a I mean, tense situation.
0: It's, it's what they talk about, though. I mean, for the most part. Well, I mean, we see a p- few people get microwaves, but it's yeah. Don't that's actually see cannibalism.
2: Yeah, but I I did um would give this a higher dread score than usual because of that. Right, the, the general vibe. It's um, a dre dready scenario.
0: Yeah, I did like the matte paintings in this. I mean, they're the ones where mm-hmm. it's like, we're not going to make them look real, so let's make them look awesome yeah exactly that's
2: that's sort of the show's credo is make it look awesome it's like who cares if it looks real
0: it looks great so the, the design of the ship you know um i guess were they using last week set again for the uh some of it yeah um, the, kind of like they did with deaths or Dominion, where they ended up using that again for it. the full circle look i got the title right for that
2: hey one. way to go now the um basically the part where you see Paul go through those doors and kind of wander around that's the infernal machine, there and uh, the radiation suits are from a Catherine Shell film, Moon Zero Two, who 19, uh, Brian yeah. Johnson and Nick Alder worked on, you know Catherine Shell who we'll be seeing a lot of in season two, yeah uh, so is it good? Stayed friendly with the class, um, four point five. It's.
0: It's hmm. cool to watch
1: hmm
0: i'll say well, that. i'm it's looking cool at
2: stills from it it looks great so. it looks
0: great the pacing of it if i remember kind of blows like it's, it's uh, got you know like late 60s like low budget slowness to it but it does mm. have cool stuff to look at uh i don't think any of the actors in there particularly like hit the nail on the head mm.
1: so well,
0: it's, a, it's a little bit of a doll watch but there's cool stuff to see so i mean huh. it's, i put it along the lines of One notch under Planet of the Vampires, I guess, that had that lava magic. So one notch under. I wonder if I'm I'm saying that because they were on the same caught DVD disc. (laughs) I I could find it. I actually have a...
2: uh, Well, it was a gift, but I do have a uh, Blu-ray of Planet of the Vampires.
0: Sorry, you got to say something. I'm traveling through my DVDs trying to answer pointless questions that don't have anything Uh for this episode.
2: Well... The uh, Darian Darien handheld weapon was previously used by Koenig on the full circle as the device used to locate the markers left by the missing Eagle Six crew is seen once more on a matter of balance as Vindris' weapon. I'm just straight up quoting I am IMDB at this point. Right. Um, okay.
0: I, that's fine. I found my okay, there's plenty of vampires. They put moon zero two with when dinosaurs ruled the earth. So hmm. that's that's when Fox actually it looks like warner brothers in this case was putting out a bunch of those uh you know they just put two caught films out on a on a single disc and sell it for 10 bucks which was a good deal in 2002 yeah why not um, i've i've
2: long passed the point where i would buy dvds just because they have more than one film on them because i just uh I'm running out of space in my life in a different world now yeah i live in a world of <laughs> maybe if i sell all like 300 of my vinyl records, so I will start buying discs again.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, just a few. I'll go through a few random notes that Victor's always mm-hmm. happy wherever he is. He's very zen. Yeah. So he, he's always fascinated, right? So he yeah. shows up and Koenig starts yelling damn it at them very quickly. And uh, yeah. Victor's trying to like, you know, he seems a little more interested in uh, talking to them. So. Yep, um, I put in my notes
2: that they gave them a Darwinist God to believe in. Wow, thanks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, in this um, episode, uh, Paul he runs around aimlessly and does kirk foo like Paul. Yeah, I think maybe he did have a few of his shrooms like when he boarded the. <laughs> I hope he did. <laughs> you got to keep some. Of them. So Paul was a little wackier than usual. Um not, I mean, it wasn't saying wacky stuff, but he was just like, you know, he seemed a little hyperactive. Who's running main mission, by the way?
2: Um, I think David Cano is. He shows up on the com, right? Oh, okay, Cano. He's there. like, wonder, good to come back. Yeah, good to wonder, see you guys again.
0: Oh, that's at the end of the episode. Okay, I, I, yeah, I was thinking that like halfway through the episode. I guess Winters could be in charge again.
2: Yeah, maybe. He didn't. He didn't die, right? Winters didn't die. He didn't die. So, he, oh, that's he, he right, because he was there subbing for Paul. Maybe yeah, that's yeah. why Paul is so aggro. Is because he got his like lump removed and each. Oh thing. yeah, he's got go. a
0: new lease on life feeling. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like that. Also, when he's running around aimlessly, I mean, the ship is so big; it's pretty unlikely that he's actually going to run into anyone. Yep. it's a very lo- large ship.
2: We have uh, we have sort of a continuation of whispering Koenig in this uh, this episode where
0: you know he whispers
2: to Kara that. That, uh, that she has to take them well he has to take them to Helena or, or they'll tear this place apart yeah like, but but he also yells he apart. yells a
0: bunch of damnits earlier so. he does
2: he so does yell some, he gets some but I think when too. he does a lot of his main like important dialogue he's whispering which
0: I I think is fun yeah Uh, where are some other notes I have don't knock human meat until you've tried it <laughs> I'll give you a god okay I, um, I, I think I think I'm I think I'm out there I think I did look
2: okay well I I need to get to this very important thing that at the very end the last I've nitpicked a lot of those like you know freeze frame last moments and <laughs> I didn't put who said it but somebody asked Koenig if the same thing had happened on alpha would you have chosen differently and then
0: he says remind me to tell you sometime which makes me <laughs> think that he would have done it maybe Maybe he did it at, he was, when he was running C-Lab twenty
2: twenty two. Yeah, that makes me think that he's like I have to think about whether I would feed you into a machine to 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 like keep the rest of us alive.
0: It's like how like in a uh, you know other like spy movies when when the military guy screws up, they send them to like the Alaskan base. Maybe he screwed up C-Lab so bad that they just okay, you're off to the moon. Like the moon is like <laughs> being in and um you know the. Top tip in Alert Canada or something. That's the moon. If this
2: was something like Lost, sorry if you're listening mean, I in Alert don't... Canada. I mean, yeah, hopefully, you're
0: having a fine time. I think people choose to go there.
2: I don't really like the show Lost, but the show Lost would probably do something like in the third season. You get a flashback showing you like Koenig just completely messing up and getting assigned the moon base after failing something. Yeah, which is something <laughs> would be which would make this show amazing if they did that. Well to, to be, be fair incredible. they sent them there to
0: get things rolling because their massive space program project was about to happen they're going to go to Nibiru or whatever right so
2: <laughs> just that's right yes it was operation uh exodus operation no, that's, exodus. What, that's what
0: no that's what they want to do every week on the show that's where they leave well they
2: we haven't heard about that for a while have we <laughs> I oh, think that they've forgotten ago. about
0: it. Well, they're talking about it in this episode because if they were to, say, hook up with the Darians in every way, they would have done Exodus, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you guys want to go to the back and do some Exodus? Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 the Ridley Scott strain, man. I mean, it, clearly, God Joan Collins man. is...
2: Joan Collins is too important to be a love interest for Koenig. She's like in charge
0: yeah you don't even consider you're like that's Joan College I don't don't care if that's Martin Landau or not there's just no no she's too good she's too good even if she's evil
2: she's too good for everybody including Neiman and blah 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 blah. what's his name Hayden I don't (laughs) know it's like you're having a stroke to be perfectly honest Um, I don't I want to just call him like I I think it's probably not super classy to call people savages it's just like what else do you call these guys a bunch of uh loincloth clad you call them man, war. Dirty man of, war they're survivors i think i think i saw them referred to as survivors i started referring to them to them as survivors okay survivors. For, of, i was thinking yeah.
0: of savages so uh you you've seen some man o war album covers right from the 80s sure yeah okay yeah you call them savages
2: yeah savage
0: you I mean, hey, I'm a savage.
2: I'm a beneath savage compared to Joan Collins.
0: <laughs>
2: Cannot imagine. I, if Joan Collins wanted my DNA to to fuel her ship, I would just be like, dude, just take it. Right. Don't even credit me. Don't even, don't even think about it. Take my DNA. Um. Anyway, well, do you think that maybe she just made the wig die after this? Do you think that the wig just shriveled up and?
0: Felt. Do we know for a fact we're not going to see the wig again this season? Okay, this season. I mean, well, according we'll to that trivia left.
2: blurb I read, I mean, keep, keep an eye out <laughs> next two episodes, but we've got two episodes left. So, are you going to do a cast lying, spotlight for the wig? Um, I think I've talked more about the wig than I have about a couple of cast members, and I feel kind of bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> Today's spotlight's on the wig. <laughs> So what do you think about how much cast members of this show really want to be more nude than other people?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's kind of weird, right? Well, yeah, their dream is to get outside the moon base and to wear a towel. Yeah. Uh, you know, now,
2: towel is the best. Yeah, I guess that you almost see like nude corpses in this, right? Like when, when they go into the room where all the like people are being
0: used up or oh whatever yeah is. yeah yeah that was pretty saucy wasn't it really close to nude corpses yeah yeah um let's put the split on this one i guess you, you said it's not so much yeah. for you this time you you got to go oh, first because you gave the premonition
2: yeah it's a little it's a little bit rough but i still because it is very fun like like i said i wish that we could just go to 200 percent um Yeah, I'm just screw it. I don't care. It's 75% existential dread and 60% sci-fi fun. It's 140%. It's 140%. Well, it's more of an episode than a lot of the episodes
0: are. Okay. I'm gonna reuse actually pretty much gonna go with what I think I said last week with uh or two weeks ago with with 60 fun, 40 dread. Because the dread is for me is a little blunted because it's like such a dystopian trope we've been talking about half the dystopians which do similar stuff right so it's 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 like i've been desensitized that idea if this was the first time i had encountered that idea i'd probably be like 80 dread or something but um since we get a giant set and that crazy stuff in joan collins hair and the weird jean bang glass thing that's easy to smash that's 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 a fair amount of that's 60 fun for me a lot of the you know when i give something a high dread score a lot
2: of it is that i feel that the situation that our that our heroes are in is kind of hopeless and really it is pretty miraculous that they got out of this like it did if the you know survivors hadn't listened to alan carter they would have been screwed they would be dead they'd all be dead you know moon would have been fine i smashed
0: stuff And also five people, but Moonbase would be fine. It's not like the utter destruction of Moonbase, which is some the the inevitable utter destruction of Moonbase that colors some episodes feelings.
2: But but also, um, I mean, obviously we know what happens at the end of the episode, but part of in the back of my head, I'm thinking that they could just say everything that they said, and Koenig says, We'll help you. And then Joan Collins just says, Never. Listen to me. I am God. Kill these alphans, and it probably would have worked on some level.
0: Oh yeah, if she had just started eating the scenery and got super evil, that would have been. I mean, fun. I, did, I yeah. For the most part, this this is a. I mean, it still has some goofy, you know, seventy sci-fi action. Of course, I Paul's doing Kirk foo. You know, uh, we uh, spending time with the savages is definitely like wacky seventy sci-fi stuff. So it's not like we don't yeah. get that, but yeah, it, it, like, like like you said, more guest stars, more gray areas, right?
2: Yeah, and that's uh, and you know, yeah, they might have killed each other. They probably still would. <laughs> I mean, because maybe the the survivors would just get mad in a couple of years and be like, actually, let us live in the control, but the fancy control room. They're like, no, it doesn't have you radiation. Can't. You can't live in the fancy control room. You could, ah. they smashed the new DNA that they made how do they make the DNA anyway? They can't reproduce. how do they, made they make 900 it? 900 years plus ago. Well, what do they do? They like kill a bunch of Darians to do it? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Not good, <laughs> I mean, but you know probably, what? It's pretty colors. It used to be more than 14. I want to just get that. I just get a bunch of colored gel and just reproduce that and just have it
0: in my house just waiting for someone to know what it nah. is. Yeah, smash <laughs> <That's> it. <bad>. Gotta <laughs> get. Like um, yeah, they do say there's fifty thousand on the ship. So fourteen Darians. That's a pretty extreme elite there. Yeah, and
2: if they're killing people, kind of frequently, right? Like, yeah, the, you know what I mean. Like, I, I guess we I see guess, at least two die and one
0: attempted death. Right. Uh, I, I guess to um supply these 14 darians you do need fifty thousand people you know so the, the number of people killed to support one Darien is quite high they, they leave a large carbon footprint of human flesh yeah we almost
2: it almost applies to earth life it's just so um i don't
0: know, you know yeah actually I'm, dread is rising maybe i don't know No, now it's so wet. (laughs) Forty-five.
2: It's kind of well. The thing is, there's a lot of space on Earth, and um, you can, you know, live live kind of ethically if you want. Even though it, you know, that there's a cost for that, but you know, you
0: can't on the ship. So,
2: no, you can't. That's the thing. It's that's why it doesn't really work super well as a metaphor. But you know, it's good sci. It's good sci-fi in that it, it's close. It's applicable, sort of. I don't. I don't mean to sound like I,
0: I'm being down on the episode. I like this episode; it was good. I oh, enjoyed the, it. We are supposed to be giving them. Well, not. Supp- We've decided yeah, we're to dissecting. give them critical analysis. So when you do a critical yes. analysis, you talk about many things. You're right. We're not just here to like kiss Especially it, take those... it, and go. Tangents we went on that I have nothing to do with the episode.
2: <laughs> We're not just here to take Joan Collins and kiss her a bunch of times and take her. And what was it? Do what did
0: I say? Do excess? Uh, uh <laughs> did I no, forget did, my own joke. You forgot your own joke, and I forgot your own joke. Uh, just rewind 20 <laughs> minutes and will get it again. Exodus,
2: uh, Exodus. Yeah, you just you go do an Exodus at a club with Joan Collins in the back. <laughs> um. But yeah, I, I guess farewell to the wig if that's what's going to happen. Mm, wig thee well. Wigging out. Fair the wig. Okay. Anyway, if you want to wig out, then you can go to page podcastio slash I really should stop just making myself crack up because it's not very good radio. Um, check out other podcasts like Time Enough, Twilight Zone Podcast. Um, Luculos Pokemon game game show, the game show about games, films and filth, the citizen Kane of podcasts, uh, Hyrule Field Report and Occult Disney, and sure all, you of you all of those have wigs in they them, just,
0: do they? <laughs> as far people, as you sure.
2: know, yeah, I'm sure someone's worn a wig in game show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, well, um, until next time. Day-Darian. I choose
1: space. <laughs> the sun fusion's a gas. I'm cool with taking all the heat. Burning up and down the solar chart with all the pagans dancing on the street. We're on the sun. Looking hot in your solar flare. Don't want the iron cross. Don't need the hammer and sickle. Extend my middle finger to the state and go where the weather ain't fickle. We're dinner on the sun, looking hot in your solar flares. Hey, we're at that psychic wave, yeah, we'll burn up and never fade. We're but, uh, ha- Sitting on the sun, looking hot in your solar pants. Hey, we we'll are at that psychic wave, yeah, we'll burn up and never fade. Out where the moon don't shine, enough to glow on ever clear. With a fire in my eyes and a lust for life, watch another sunrise from the pier sun fusions gas, I'm cool with taking all the heat, burning up and down the solar chart with all the pagans dancing on the street, we had a din on the sun, looking at it your iron cross, I don't want your hammer and sickle, extend my middle finger to the state and go where the weather ain't fickle, uh, out with the moon don't shine, nothing after glow's never clear, with a in my eyes and luster for light, watch another sunrise from the pier, with Stayin' on the sun looking hot in your solar flares Hey, hey, we'll ride that psychic wave Yeah, we'll burn up never but never fade We're hot and stayin' on the sun looking hot in your solar flares Hey, hey, we'll ride that psychic wave Yeah, we'll burn up and never fade